This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Really excited about today's show, everybody. Um, Stick around. In a little while, I will have both Ben Johnson and Chris Finch on the show. Ben Johnson, new Gophers men's basketball coach. We'll hear from him, get his insights into what he wants to bring to the program, how he wants to recruit. Chris Finch, new Timberwolves coach. I've been on the job for about a month. We'll hear from him the ups, the downs so far, and his vision going forward. And we'll also get to know these guys a little bit off the court as well. But first, what did I miss? Big news, really, I guess, was uh, Alex Kirloff, Twins outfielder, who a lot of people maybe expected to make the opening day roster. Their top hitting prospect at this point started game two of that playoff series against the Astros last year. But struggling this spring, he gets sent down to AAA. Uh, which is a little bit of a, a limbo state at this point, right? Uh, he's gonna he's gonna go to St. Paul, uh, but the AAA season doesn't start for a while. It doesn't start for like at least another month. So in the meantime, you know we'll see who wins that Twins outfielder job. Um, I'll have Phil Miller on Thursday show. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but you know for the time being, it's disappointing, I guess. Um, he'll certainly get here at some point. He's too good not to. I mean, you don't start a guy in the playoffs. Uh, when you don't have confidence in him. But you know, on the same token, you know, if you were looking forward to seeing him perhaps on opening day and wanting him to grab hold of that job, he just hasn't done it yet. He's he's hit a long he had one long home run this spring, but not drawing a lot of walks, just not really not really hitting well. And for a team that's struggling offensively overall, outside of a few players, you can't necessarily afford to carry someone like that on your roster right now. So hopefully we'll see Kirilov at some point, but it won't be right away. And if we don't see him all that soon, even if he looks like things are going well, you know, with the, with the training in St. Paul, then we can bring up all the ideas of are they manipulating his service time? Are they trying to keep him from accruing a full season and then, you know, pushing his arbitration and free agency further into the distance? That will be a thing to watch. Uh, I don't think we need to get all over it right now. I think both Patrick Royce and Phil Miller have said, I don't think that's what they're doing. Derek Falvey has denied it. And when someone's hitting in the 100s, the low 100s, they're making a case to get sent down anyway. But we will need to watch that also going forward. Thrilled to be joined today on Daily Delivery by Ben Johnson, new Gophers men's basketball coach. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I can't complain. Um, This is an exciting time for me, obviously. Uh, being able to sit here as the as the head coach of the University of Minnesota is a dream come true, and um, I got to pinch myself a little bit every time I say that. Um, but I, I'm blessed and, and truly humbled by to be in this position, and look forward to to hopefully nothing but success and uh, for many years to come. Ben, everybody says you're a good recruiter. I believe it. I've seen the evidence. What I want to know is what do you feel are the keys to being a good recruiter? How do you recruit well? And maybe a follow-up to that. Is there something about recruiting in the state of Minnesota that is different than other states you have recruited in? I think being a good recruiter just comes down to, you know, communication and and being able to, to relate and build trust. I think, you know, when you believe in something as much as I believe in this university, um, it's an easy sell. You know, I don't have to do too much. I think that hopefully comes through pretty clear that, I love this place. Um, this place is special. I want everybody to feel that same energy that I feel when you talk about gopher basketball, when you come to a gopher basketball game, if you're recruited by a gopher coach, I want everybody to feel that passion and energy that I have. So, you know, with that, it comes trust and trust is huge. You know, they got to trust my message. They got to trust who I am as a person. I think first and foremost, we want to develop young men 
Uh, we want to nurture young men and we want to make young men the best basketball players they can be. But they got to trust the process that's on the court and off the court. So being consistent, um, it definitely helps, you know, and being relatable and letting these guys know that I care about them more than just a basketball player. I truly do. I truly want this to be a family environment. Um, I want to have fun with it. And I want this to be something that they'll they'll have and with lasting friendships for, for their entire lives. This is your first head coaching job, but I imagine as you've, you know, advanced in your career, you've allowed yourself at least to think ahead to, you know, this day, this moment, this possibility, at least that you would be a head coach somewhere, you know, hopefully at Minnesota, like you are now, your alma mater. As you thought about that and the chance to lead your own program at some point, what are the things that, what were the things that felt maybe the most appealing? And I guess conversely, maybe the most daunting as you considered the possibility of well, I could run the show someday. Yeah. I think the most appealing is, is, you know, I have confidence in, in who I've worked under. Uh, I have confidence in the plan that I'm going to put in place. So I think the, the appealing part is, is, you know, it's making it your own. You know, now you have something you can you can grow your own. You can develop your own culture. You can develop your style of play um, and, and take ownership in that. So, you know, that's obviously exciting and, and be able to compete from a head coaching standpoint. You know, it's different as an assistant coach. You compete, but it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit different as a head coach. You're, you're in the front lines, man. You're battling. Uh, you're going to war with those guys in the locker room. And, and I love that. And it's, it's really being able to impact lives. I think, um, you know, as a head coach, you're in a special position to hopefully nurture guys the right way. And, and that's guys on my, in my locker room. And hopefully that that's socialist in, in the community, you know, to do my part to, to make this place an awesome place and, and to show everybody how special the whole state of Minnesota is. Um, so that's, that's what I'm really looking forward to. You know, obviously in, in every job and every part of life, there's going to be, you know, things that are hard. There's going to be difficulties. Um, you know, I try not to dwell on that. I try to worry about the things that I can control. Uh, I try to worry about the positive and things we can build on. I know there'll be things that come my way that, that might be daunting, um, but you just find a way to push through. You know, you persevere, you push through, and you keep it going. What, what will a Ben Johnson coach team look like on the court? X's and O's, identity, philosophy. Like, since we haven't seen you be able to run your own team yet, I think that's a, that's a question a lot of people have. Like, what, what can we expect from a Gophers team coached by you? Yeah, I think when, when you come to Williams Arena, the fans going to see, I think, three main things. They're going to see development. Um, hopefully, they're going to see growth from year to year, even within the season, the players getting better. Their, great, their games transforming. Um, them developing a, a great skill set. Um, you're going to see toughness. You're going to see grit. You're going to see tenacity. You know, if there's a loose ball, we better be getting floor, born, floor, floor burns getting it. Um, there's going to be a, a physicality, toughness to our team that embodies the Big Ten and, and embodies who I am as a coach and as a person and hopefully who people remember me as a player, that, that we're going to have that toughness piece to us uh, that's both mental and physical. And then, you know, uh, the last part is, is there's going to be uh, a talent part that I think is going to really uh, be special to our fans. I think developing our talent um, in a fun way, you know, that, that style of play, making it entertaining, making it enjoyable, uh, and making it fun for our players. I think a fun brand of basketball helps get people excited about what you're doing. I think the players love it. I, myself as a head coach, I love it. So you're going to see, you know, an exciting brand of basketball that gets the fans involved, um, that gets our players juiced every game, and hopefully is a little bit different than our competition. You know, hopefully I can bring some things that I've learned along the way, whether that's in a different league like the Big East, that, that our brand is a little bit different. So hopefully we're, we're a unique 
uh, scout and a renewed uh, cover for some of these teams in our league. Imagine some of this will develop, but you know, offensive philosophy. What what do you? How do you want to? How do you want to run? How do you want to run things? Or defensive philosophy? What do you, you know, as you get a chance to think about those things? Yeah, I think offensively a lot. You know, depends on personnel. Um, I have a way that I would like to play, but you know, I'm not going to force feed that if 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 I have a team that fits a different style. Um, you know, I think the first thing is we got to take care of the basketball. You're going to see a team that, that tries to be sound with the ball, limit turnovers. Um, I love the three. So a team that can space you, a team that has guys that can that can make outside to, to NBA, that can really stretch the floor. If you do that, then you open up the post, you open up drives. Um, you're really a difficult guard. And then, you know, just developing an offense that, that's tough to guard. So it's like guys that can make reads, guys that are skilled, guys that can play in pick and roll, play in space. And then I think lastly, it's, it's unselfish play. You know, we want to be a team. When you come and watch us play, we share the ball. You know, we make that extra pass and it's automatic. We keep that ball hot. It doesn't stick. Everybody gets involved. I think those are the hardest teams to guard. When you have multiple guys that can score double figures, when it gets shared, where you're making that one more, you know, it's like watching Golden State uh, back when they had the big three uh, or big four, including Draymond. It's like, you know, that ball's moving and humming and it's fun. And defensively, it is hard to stop. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do all that. Obviously, it starts with recruiting, finding players that fit that. Um, and then defensively, we're going to be a tough, hard-nosed team. Um, we're going to be primarily uh, half-court man-to-man. Uh, we'll have fundamental principles, um, you know, but we'll also have a little bit of a press. We'll be able to mix it up, a little bit of a zone, uh, which a lot I took from, from Richard Patino. Because um, I think, you know, having that balance, you know, or if you need energy, being able to get into a press. If you're behind, being able to get into a press. You know, if you're playing a team that, that doesn't shoot it great, you know, being able to throw in a zone a little bit, but but having versatility defensively, but always remembering we want to rebound and be tough. I think those are two core values, defensive rebound and be physically tough on the defensive end and play with unbelievable energy and passion is what you'll see when you head to Williams Arena. I'm glad you mentioned recruiting, not not to speak ill of the past, but this this year's Gophers team, for people who watched it, could take a lot of threes, couldn't make a lot of threes. Um, and whether that was just situational or whether it was, you know, philosophy. I think that frustrated some people. So will you address that in recruiting as you, as you go along? Oh, no question. I think that that's going to pay a high premium is guys that can shoot the basketball. Um, if you can shoot the basketball, uh, yeah, I'm going to love you. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a skill that it, it covers up a lot of mistakes when you're making shots, but at the same time, you know, you just can't be a jump shooting team. You can't just rely on threes all day. You know, you got to be able to throw it into the post, play inside out. You got to be able to, to, to get into the paint, whether it's uh, off the cut or off the, off the dribble. Um, but it always helps when you got guys that can stretch the floor and, uh, and really uh, extend the defense. Great. A couple more things for you. I really appreciate your time on a busy, busy day. Uh, you were an assistant coach here for a number of years, five. Um, what, what, what brought you to Xavier at that point for the last three seasons that, that said, I, I wanna, I'm going to go take this job and, and, you know, and leave Minnesota? That was a hard decision. There's no question. Um, you know, I think the team the following year actually ended up making the, the NCAA tournament, had a bunch of success. Uh, for me, it was just a little bit of a change, um, a little bit of change of course. You know, Xavier had just won the Big East. Uh, they had just been one of the number one overall seeds. And obviously I knew what the Xavier brand stood for, but it was a way for me to, to kind of learn a different style. You know, I've always been intrigued by the Big East because it's different, a little bit faster paced style offense, obviously very historic. Um, and so for me, it was just, like I said, an opportunity to do something a little bit different, always kind of with the intentions of, of coming back to the Big Ten, because I think the Big Ten is 
at the end of the day, who I am is what I'm about. It's the root of me. Um, and so I couldn't be any more happy to, to be here right now talking with you today. Because you haven't coached, I haven't been a head coach at this, this level, any level, I've heard you, this described as kind of a, a risk-reward move. I might have even said the same thing. Uh, do you agree with that? Do you consider yourself a risk in any way? You seem very confident, so I don't necessarily know if you would agree with that. I think there's a risk in everything. I think if, if certain guys were home runs, it wouldn't be college basketball. Um, you know, I, I'm smart enough to know that, that this is hard, and I get it, and, and I'm humbled enough to know that this is hard, and I'm very fortunate. Um, but I'm also, you know, confident in, in who I've prepared under. Um, I'm conf confident in my abilities um, as, a, as a coach to put our guys in a position to be successful. But I think if you look across the country, um, there's a lot of guys that have success and there's also a lot of guys that don't have success. So I think, um, you know, it's all about fit. And I know I'm the perfect fit for Minnesota. I'm probably not the perfect fit everywhere, but, but I'm the perfect fit here. And I think fit matters. And that's fit with recruiting. That's fit within athletic department. And that's fit within a system and a style in the league. And, you know, I'm comfortable recruiting here. Um, I'm comfortable with knowing what this program means and what the tradition stands for. And, and so with that, sometimes you got to bet on yourself. And I'm very thankful that that Mark Coyle, you know, quote unquote, did take a chance on me. Um, but I think, like I said, if you look across the country, uh, if there was a, a simple blueprint. I think it would be a lot easier to to uh, see, you know, predict who's going to be successful and who's not. College hoops doesn't afford you a lot of free time. What do you like to do outside of basketball if you ever do get uh, free some free time? You know what? Uh, I'm a pretty simple guy. I like to travel. Um, I got a dog, so I like to hang around with him. Um, but you know, honestly, sports and basketball is what I do. So, and downtime relaxing for me is, is honestly watching basketball, whether it's college, NBA, um, it's, it's what I enjoy, whether it's watching other sports, football, baseball, and, and it's something I grew up doing and, and I love it. It's relaxing. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of boring that way. I guess you could say. Who you got in the, who you got winning it all this year? Last one for you. Man, it's a tough question. Uh, you know, honestly, and, and yesterday was probably the first day in God, maybe since I was in junior high that I've not watched a single game on TV. There was just so much going on. So I'm, I'm lost, to be honest. I couldn't tell you who won and lost. I think there's a couple of teams that, that uh, I know are playing well. I think UCLA still in it, playing well. And I have a ton of respect for Mick Cronin. I know what a great coach he is. I always loved Dana Altman's teams, uh, being in the Missouri Valley. He was at Creighton. He does an unbelievable job. I think everybody's probably pulling for Oregon State and their story right now. Uh, that's pretty special. Uh, I just want to see competitive basketball. I think like everybody else, you know, I don't necessarily have a favorite or a prediction, but I just want to see good competitive basketball. I think Gophers fans would agree with that. Ben Johnson, appreciate the time so much. Thanks for joining Daily Delivery and uh, good luck with, uh, with everything going forward. No problem. Thank you, guys. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Really happy to welcome in Chris Finch to Daily Delivery today. Obviously, Chris Finch head coach of the Timberwolves, took over that job well, a little over a month ago, I believe, and uh, has has been in that role now, gotten a taste for you know head coach of this team. Um, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Really excited to be here. 
Now, I want to I'll get into some basketball stuff here in a minute, but I'm I'm also curious for those who, you know, so such a whirlwind process when you, you know, hired in the middle of the season from Toronto's organization. I don't know if people fully know who you are yet. Give me maybe a little bit of your you know, give me your life story, but kind of your path and you know, yeah. did you always know you wanted to be a coach? How, how did you kind of get into this business uh, and, and, and your your background? Yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a coach since about my sophomore year in college. I just felt that, you know, I kind of thought the game along those lines, even as a player, was always in, very intrigued on the preparation process, whether it be practicing and scouting. And I felt that, you know, as a player, I had kind of, uh, natural leadership ability that would translate. I think it started in high school. My high school coach, you know, basically challenged us to watch the game differently. Don't watch it as a fan, but watch it as a, you know, as a tactician and try to see if you can just see what's going on. So that kind of put planted within me a seed of understanding the game at another level. And I played from, you know, I played in college and I went left college. I wanted to get into coaching, but I had an opportunity to play overseas in Europe. And I thought, well, maybe then t- other than taking the traditional route, I'll do something a little different. It'll, it'll help me on my resume and I'll go overseas and play more of a life experience than anything else. And then next thing I know, I, you know, one year became 17. I played for four years, I believe it was uh, four or five. I sometimes forget. And then I, I coached the 13 years after that. So I got the opportunity when I was just 27 years old to become a head coach right from playing. And I knew given what I ultimately wanted to do, I had to take this. And I still loved playing at the time. I was pretty young and headed into my prime as a player, but I jumped at the opportunity to coach. I was uh, with the same team that I played for for six years and they couldn't have been more supportive and better for my coach development at the time. And then from there, I went out to Germany for a year, then to Belgium for five. And at that point I was basically approached by the Rockets, uh, Gerson and Sam Hinkie, Daryl Morey. Uh, they were looking for someone to head up their D league enterprise that they had just had acquired and they wanted to run it like a baseball team where they had a heavy hand in the basketball operations and what was happening with personnel and style of play and all this. So they were looking for someone with a different profile. I wasn't necessarily looking to come to the United, uh, come to the NBA. I didn't really have visions on the NBA so much. I just wanted to be the best coach I could be. And wherever that took me, it took me. And at the time, I was in a pretty good path in Europe, and I was enjoying that. But I knew, again, I had to take the chance to come back because it was once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And then, you know, kind of everything snowballed from there. We won the championship. They moved me up to the Rockets. I was there during, you know, the the rebuild of that franchise with under Kevin McHale and the arrival of James and Dwight and a lot of other really good players. And from there, I went to Denver and then New Orleans and Toronto for a quick stop become, before coming here. So it it's hard to believe that I've been to five teams um, in the NBA, but um, – it's all they've all been great stops and I've found them all beneficial in, in developing uh you know my path. Since it doesn't sound like you, you know, as of ten years ago anyway, you had like, I gotta be an NBA head coach. This is my aspiration. This is this is my this is the end game, the only way 
I want to, you know, finish up a, a career. So if, if you didn't necessarily have that target in mind, it, was there a certain point where you said, I, I think I might be able to get into the seat that I am right now with the Timberwolves or when did, when did you kind of discover that path might be available to you? Well, when I got to the NBA, I, you know, I had to learn the league and I had to learn really how to be an assistant coach. I'd never been an assistant coach before I became uh, one with the Rockets. So finding my niche as an assistant and kind of the, the very different kind of role and approach and the relationships you have with players are very different. So I had to adjust to that. But once I, once I learned the league and I became comfortable and, um, you know, within a couple of years, I, I felt confident that I would be able to, you know, be a head coach in this league. And certainly from a leadership point of view, I think these jobs are a lot more about leadership than they are about basketball. That's, the jobs are so big. There's so many different aspects. You can hire a great staff to help you where you're maybe not as strong or, or help you where you want to be more creative or something like this. There's a lot of smart basketball people in the league. It's really about how you hang it all together and lead it. And then, you know, create an environment where your players uh, can flourish, yet you have to hold them accountable and all these things. So once I, I felt pretty comfortable of my ability to be able to do that. You get here, it's, you know, Ryan Saunders is fired. It's a seven and 24 team. They got five games to the break. And, you know, let's be honest, those games weren't really pretty. What did you feel like, you know, what were you using those five games to kind of accomplish? And what do you feel like happened, you know, over the break and coming out of the break that has allowed you by and large to, to look and play, you know, probably much more like you hope a, a team will play and see the results that you have largely seen so far. Yeah, those five games were definitely a learning process. Me learning the team, me learning the personnel, me trying to sort through the things that that they had done well or, or needed to improve on or that we wanted to change. Um, there wasn't a lot of strategy in those games, to be to be fair. It was almost like a preseason approach, um, chopped and changed the lineups, um, just tried to kind of have a real bare bones approach offensively, tried to pick up the pace a little bit, tried to, you know, just kind of pick up lineup combinations that we thought might be useful. And the things that we, you know, were able to address coming out of the break were um, our defensive approach in terms of protecting the paint we wanted to we wanted to switch that around we were very good at protecting a three-point line but not very good at protecting the paint if you look at the top defenses in the league these days most of them are uh, really selling out to protect the paint and protect the rim so that was something we wanted to do we wanted to up the competitiveness I think I think I think those two weeks were we're a pretty tough emotional week couple weeks for our our team our for organization our players um, a lot of our young players had played well previously, you know, so they felt some anxiety about how this change was going to impact them. And, you know, I think the break did everybody good just to kind of clear their head. And you know, I've been mostly pleased with, uh, with our approach and our competitiveness coming out of the break. You know, last night I thought we took a step backwards, but, you know, we'll regroup and keep going forward. I was going to ask you about that because, right, you you, you have a you know, blowout win coming right out of the break. Everything kind of goes right in that game. So I'm watching, okay, you're going to go play five really competitive games against what, Portland, L.A., and Phoenix. You, you show up well in those games 
I think, um, you know, by and large, you win two of them. You're competitive in most of them. When you have a game like the Oklahoma City game on uh, on Monday night, how do you do you do you throw that out? How much do you learn from it? How much do you say that happens? How, how much do you say that's a young team that needs to learn how to handle whatever modest success has been coming their way? Yeah, I think all of it is uh, applicable. One thing I learned quickly in, in the league is that you can't let one loss become two by dwelling on things, but you have to kind of learn and move on. What I think we learned most, you know, is it's uh, it's a tribute to OKC. You know, they play really hard. They're extremely competitive. They play the right way. They share the ball, and the and, you know, and, and the and the greater good is is better than than any individual part. And that's exactly how you want to play basketball. And um, I think we have got to learn. We've had some success, but not anywhere near what we're trying to become. So our approach has to be the same every night. We've got to adopt the mentality that if you play hard, like they play hard every single night, you're going to get the results. Um, and you just can't say, hey, let's win. One, two, three, win. Like without being prepared to do the things that it takes to win. And we have to be able to do that as a team on the grow. Um, really, you know, night in, night out, regardless of who our opponent is. A couple more things for you. Really appreciate this. Um a lot of the nucleus of this team is young. I, I can we see, you know, so many minutes being played by players under 25, largest percentage in the league. The centerpiece of that, at least you know, in terms of draft status and you know where where he's at right now, is Anthony Edwards. What have you seen from him? What's his, you know, I'm probably not fair to ask you where he's going to wind up in five years, but where, where do you see his growth and his potential from what you've been able to see so far? Well, I think he's got a really, really high ceiling. I do think he's worthy of the number one pick. I think he's absolutely um, the right pick for this franchise. Certainly, uh, we love his we love his personality, his approach, his you know his innocence, if you will. Um, and he just needs you know he needs to learn some habits about competitiveness through all parts of the game. Um, understanding that you know as a top player, whether it be in the league or on a specific franchise, that. You, you know, you are going to set the tone for how the team plays, whether you like it or not. And um, he has that ability. We don't expect him to go out and get 42 every night. That's for sure true. But we also need him to you know, kind of value some of the smaller pieces of the game. We think he can be a better defender. We know he can be a better def- uh, rebounder. We know he can get in transition more. I mean, these are things that don't take necessarily skill. They just take application and, um, you know, he's learning that, you know, the NBA game is as, you know, you're playing like all the time, but he's learning that, you know, with success comes more responsibility because you're now a focal point of game plans. So he's seeing a few defensive looks since his 42 nights that until he solves, he's going to continue to struggle. And we might as well. We talked a lot about basketball. We got a little bit of, kind of your journey at the beginning. I want to end just asking you kind of an open-ended question. What is one thing about you that maybe a Timberwolves fan just kind of coming to this cold might be surprised to learn about you? Ooh, uh, yeah, I've been asked this question before. I really don't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, I'm probably, you know, I, I really, I don't have a great answer. I think um, I'm a pretty private person in general. Uh, I come off, I've always been accused of being like, 
serious, too serious or something on the bench. But I, you know, I like to keep it light. You know, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, we, we have a good, a really good staff here that, you know, that keeps the mood at the right level for our players. And uh, I think, you know, I like to keep, you know, I like to laugh and joke and have a lot of fun regardless of what's going on around. So if you have a rare off day during the season, what do you like to do? Uh, yeah, good question. Basically a rare off day during the season is a lot of catch up on life. <laughs> there's not during the, during the season, there's not much like hobby making, if you will. So it's a lot, it'd probably just be resting. The other day I had an off day and uh, it was a travel day, but then also an off day. And I, I literally didn't do anything. I was brain dead. So I just kind of laid on the couch and watched the NCAA tournament. You're just like us. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would want them to know. I'm just like you. All right. Perfect. Well, Chris Finch, really happy to have you on Daily Delivery today. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining the show and good luck with the, uh, the rest of the season. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Michael. Let's end with The Cooler. Just want to tie those two interviews together because I thought they were, you know, there was some symmetry in both those new hires, right? Neither one of them has been a head coach at this level. Um, you know, Ben Johnson, not at all. Chris Finch, not in the NBA. Although I thought one thing was interesting about Chris Finch is he said he had to learn how to be an assistant coach when he came over to the NBA because all he had done overseas was be a head coach. So both of them, though, will be learning on the fly to a certain degree, how to be a head coach at this top level. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The other thing that seemed to tie them both together, both seem like basketball junkies, right? They're, they're, they both just, you know, on an off day that all they want to do is watch basketball, watch sports, immerse themselves in the game. Maybe that's what these two teams need. Maybe that's going to be the catalyst for, you know, better times ahead because I can tell you one thing the fan bases for both these teams are definitely starved for a winner and when these two teams are good Gophers men's basketball and the Timberwolves they are supported like few others in this town that'll do it for today like I said Phil Miller will be on Thursday's show looking forward to talking some twins with him Chris Hine expected to be on Friday's show the NBA trade deadline is uh, Thursday afternoon so we'll we'll talk to Chris and get all his insights on what the Wolves did or did not do Thanks for listening to Daily Delivery. Read Star Tribune, startribune.com. Subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you again on Thursday.